All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Are you trading time for money or are you actually running a business? We're going to have a little office talk. Got a lot of good nuggets in there. Listen to that. And then closing to all the episode, this is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the Ultimate OD Podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. All right, my friends, how are you guys doing tonight? This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. We have a great episode for you. I hope all of you guys are doing awesome. The year is coming to an end. We're growing our office when I talk to the reps. From what I hear, most of our optometry brethren, sisters, everyone out there, we're doing well. We're growing. We're getting better. If you're listening to this podcast, you want to be better, all right? A conversation that I've been having a lot with myself, with a couple of my other friends is, um, you know, what what do you want out of life and what do you want to be, what do you want to do, etc. And if you talk to any of our fellow private practice owners, a lot of the times we say, we want an amazing business. We want the business to be strong, we want to be healthy. And as we grow... Invariably, every cliche that you hear is, you know, you got to get out of the practice. You got to work on the business and, you know, make make the business grow. You got to put, put effort into growing the business, right? And I think that's a really easy thing to say. I think it's a very hard thing to do, all right? So we're going to go through some things here and I'm going to hopefully help you see what it means to grow the business, to work on the business, all right. And the reason why this matters is eventually every business you start, in my opinion, you should have the mindset that eventually one day you'll sell it. All right. You do not want to fall with the business, fall in love with the business. It's not going to love you back. And you need to run it in such a way that it's efficient in operating, you know, as good as it can. And it has the most value. When you look at a lot of private practices, if you pull the doctor out of the office, what is it really worth? Nothing, right? Because what is actually happening? I think a lot of private practices are doctors that are trading time for money. All right? At the end of the day, that's what they're doing. The more I work, the more money I'll make. And that's the business. The business is growing beyond belief. But if you take that doctor out, is it really a business? All right. Take anyone out of a McDonald's and it still runs. Take someone out of a Walmart or a Meyer if you're in Michigan and it still runs. Right. Those are businesses. Do we have a business? All right. So essentially what I looked at is the good businesses in our industry are the corporate change. They have businesses. Okay. Warby Parker is about to go public, which is awesome because they publish all their stuff. It's all stuff that we can read, and I've been reading a lot, a lot on it. And one of the things that I think is really comical is their online business of selling glasses. You know what one of their biggest obstacles is? They don't do exams. All right? That's what they say. So what are they doing? They're building brick-and-mortar stores to have more exams because... That's how you sell glasses. They recognize this wholeheartedly. It's a huge weakness. They're building up. Now, they're working on ways to give exams, you know, through apps or teleoptometry, 
ways to renew it outside. They're trying to get around it. But at the end of the day, our industry requires you to get an exam to get glasses. And 70, maybe 70% of the time, where you get your exam is where you buy your glasses. And they see that as a problem because they're not doing the exams and they want to capture more of the market. Who are they getting exams from? Us, right? They see the doctor as a cog in the machine. We are the machine. We're there. We have it. Now, what you need to do is develop the business. And today we're going to talk about probably the biggest business side of optometry that we have, and that's the optical. Okay? The grass you water is the grass that grows. Now, if you talk to any corporate chain, they're going to know their target demographic. They're going to know every frame on the board. They're going to know what frame targets what demographic, and they're going to know the turn rate. They're going to know all these things because they're running a business. If I asked you about your frame inventory, do you know the demographic that you're targeting? Do you know how many men's frames, how many women's frames, how many sunglasses, how your price points are varied, right? Do you know all of those things? If you don't, I will openly say to you, you don't know your business, right? You're just trading time for money and hoping you sell some glasses, right? If you look at the corporate world, they are putting time, effort, energy into this. Are you doing the same? Because this is the actual business that you're in. Okay. So let's look at this to get the doctor out of the clinic and have the CEO mindset. You have to have two things in mind with your optical one, the operations, right? And then we'll talk about that another time, but that's how you present frames, how you go into the handoff, all of those things, what your opticians are presenting to the patients, what options you're selling, how you upcharge that, etc. That's the operations. But the presentation, what the optical looks like and feels like, the marketing that you do for optical, does it feel medical? Are you wearing a white coat and optical? Are you treating them like patients or customers were in there? Because I'll tell you this right now, the corporate world, the businesses around you know that they're customers, not patients. You need to switch that mentality, either have that mentality all the way through or be able to flip the switch the moment they go into optical, okay? It's not rocket science. It really isn't. Go to any lens crafters, Pearl Vision, any corporate place, and you'll see what the business side of optometry is, but go to any business. Think about the places where you shop, where you buy food. What are they doing? How are they marketing to you? What makes you buy brand X versus brand Y? And that's a business. That's what you need to do. That's what we need to do as a whole, as a profession, to be better business owners. Be an actual CEO of what you're doing. You need to look at all those things. You need to care about those things or hire someone that does care about those things and does them very well. So let me break this down a little bit more for you. And if you're starting a practice, if you have a practice, if you don't know what to do, where to start, this will be kind of a rough roadmap. We can get into the details nitty gritty later. I've had some previous episodes about this, but this is just needs to be on the forefront of your mind. As you're closing out 2021, what are you going to be running into for 2022? January, end of the year, December, and then January, February, March, some of the busiest times that we'll have, you need to market and get things ready for those times. So when you hear this, you still have time, not a lot of it, but make this happen. So number one, 
I personally, the doctor, I when I talk to the reps, I'm one of the few doctors that is at these things. But I go to every single frame meeting. I meet with every rep that represents my frames probably every three to four months. Occasionally, if they only have a few, like one line of Ray-Ban or Ray-Ban every four months. Uh, some of the smaller niche brands, I'll meet with like Salt, I'll meet with every six months because they don't have a lot of turnover and they're just one line. But my Saflo reps, I have Liz Claiborne, uh, Kate Spade, Banana Republic, all those reps I meet with three to four months. Okay, I'm looking as I go through for any redundancies. Do I have the same frame between Liz Claiborne, Banana Republic, and Kate Spade? If I do, I need to re eliminate redundancies. I need to look at all my board spots. What am I trying to market to? What are my patient population coming in? As I've looked at a lot of marketing, I'm trying to hit 35 to 60 year old women because those are the moms that are making the decisions for families, right? Well, guess what? They come in and get the exams as well. So I want to have a good selection that fits their needs. Keep them happy. They'll keep the family coming to the office. And if I look at the brands that are selling, like Liz Claiborne, Kate Spade, Banana Republic, some of those brands that target that audience are my best sellers, okay? So I make sure I have those and I'm speaking to the population I want in my office. All right. When I'm talking to my reps, I'm looking at the terms and letting them know, hey, if I get this many frames, can I get this kind of discount? If I get this many frames from you, give me 30, 60, 90 day terms. Again, just trying to be as efficient as possible with my cash flow. Right. And then they know if it doesn't move, I'm going to get it out of there. And if they're not willing to work with me to exchange a frame one for one or exchange things that aren't moving for things that are moving, that's fine. I'll mark them down, I'll sell them off, and I'll kick them out of my office. Just like we want to have every patient come back more and more, if they bite the hand that feeds them, you know, us, who keeps them in business, I'm not going to work with them. I don't care what kind of frame they have. I can find something else similar or better, okay? So make sure your reps are working for you. They need to know what they have to do to keep your business. If you don't have them working for you, then you're working for them, and you're just putting their stuff out and pushing it. You need to dictate your boards. All right. The next thing you need to do is you need to look at your turn rate. All right. So figure out how many frames that you have in your office. And at the end of the year, you want at least a three turn. So if you have 500 frames, you want to sell 1500 frames. Okay. Now, if you have 500 frames and you sell 2,500 or, you know, more than the 1500, that's awesome. You're doing really good. But say you have 500 frames and you sell a thousand in the year. I'd say you have too many frames for your volume. Now, if you're growing or expanding, you can't take that to heart. But if you've been there for enough time and you have a low turn rate, you have too many frames on your board. Cut them down. You're just hurting yourself by having that unused inventory sit there. And that's money that's collecting dust and not doing anything for you. All right. So get it off and make sure that your turn rate is at least three or greater. All right. Then you want to go to each individual brand. So your Nike, your Ray-Ban, your Juicy Couture, your Kate Spade, whatever brands that you have, look at the individual brands and for how many you have, are you getting a three times turn rate? If you're not, you need to lower the number of frames that you have of that brand. Look at your best sellers and sometimes instead of having a bunch of different frames out there, it would make more sense to have the best seller and a lot of different styles and colors, 
or a lot of different colors, right? That's going to sell more. That's going to give your patients more of what they want. But again, you need to know what you have, what's moving, and who you're targeting. If you have an office that sees 70% women and you have a 50-50 split between men's and women's frames, do you think that's actually smart? Or is that not what you're marketing to? You have too many men's frames, right? So look at this. Get granular, all right? Because guess what? The corporate world is because they're running a business. You need to realize that the business of optometry starts in the optical. All right, we can talk about, you know, medical optometry and how to do that later in another episode. But remember, what's the business? If you take yourself out, what can still make you money when you're not there? The optical. What can attract patients from all over without seeing the doctor and make you money? The optical. Don't lose sight of that. Where you can make money with you out without you being there is the business. Okay? And then the other thing is you want to look at the price points. All right? Find out for, you know, it doesn't have to be rocket science, 0 to 100, 100 to 200, 200 to 300, 300 to 400, 400 to 500. Whatever your demographic is, whatever you want to be, find out where your frames fall in line, all right? And then you find out your average, try to push that average towards the right side, the high end, about $50, all right? Either have a few more uh, of the high end frames or have less of the low end frames, Right, I have every price point across the board, but I do. I make a habit not to have too many of my low-end price points. Right, I have a, a good selection, but I will not go above and beyond with those. If I have too many of those options, those are the ones that are going to sell, and I'm running a business. I have them there because I want to make a sale, but I want them to buy more. I want them to see the high end of things. And then, as you go throughout the year, you can see what's moving. And find out if you need to move that average. Like, hey, can I raise prices a little bit and still get them to move? That's what I love to do. So I have a frame line, a Densco. I was selling it for about 180. It wasn't doing great. And I looked at the line and I said, if I'm going to have this line, I need to make a bigger profit on it. Otherwise, I'm going to get out of my office. So I raised the price to 230. So a $50 increase in price. My cost didn't change. And you know what's happening? They're still moving. Worth it. I'm going to keep the line. But you have to look at those things and find out how, what, how far can you push the envelope and still have the frame lines move. I talked to you earlier in the year that I added like salt and state and eco frames and they move my price point higher. Well, when I have a $400 frame, that $300 frame that used to be my high end doesn't look so pricey now. And you know what I'm doing? I'm selling more high end stuff because I have a higher price point in the office. You know, those are things that you can look at. Always realize that part of this business process is one, marketing it of the brands that you have. When they come in, they have to see what they want to buy. All right. So have the branding of the high end frames, Nike, Ray-Ban, Salt, if you'd like. But what are your staff wearing? You better not have them in your low-end frames. They need to be wearing your high-end frames because people want to buy what's in style, what they have. When you look at an optician, you're like, they're around this all the time. They know what's good and they're, I want to be like them. They, they're the stylish ones of the, of the people, right? All my staff has my high-end frames. I let them pick whatever they want and I buy them for them, but they have high-end frames and they all should have glasses on. I don't care if they wear them or not. Guess what? A blue light filter with anti-fatigue lens helps everyone. Put it on their eyes, 
They need to wear high-end frames. That's what your patients or customers are going to buy. So listen to the cliche, but actually make it happen. Stop working in your office. Start working on it and realize the business of optometry starts in the optical. That's what I have for you this week. All right, my friends, a little office talk. So the thing that people don't tell you when you start a practice is you have to do it all. And I know what you're thinking right now. Yeah, of course, we have to be doctors. We have to be managers, you know, set the protocol for how you check in a patient, all that good stuff. Yes. But you know what happens? At some point in time, the toilet breaks. And you know who has to fix it? This guy, right? Uh, Or there's a leak in the ceiling. Are you kidding me? A leak in the ceiling again? Yes. And who has to deal with it? This guy. Right. If you're running your office, those are the joys of having a practice. And that's, I don't know, it's hard to contemplate at times. Like if someone plugs a toilet, who's going to deal with it? Who are you going to call? Are you going to call a plumber every time that something happens? Maybe if you can, but sometimes you need help right now. Or if a patient is sick and throws up, who's going to clean it up? This guy or your staff or whatnot. These are problems that they is never going to come up in optometry school. I don't think a business class is ever going to teach you this. But these are the day-to-day things that make our life great. And I only bring it up because, well, misery loves company. And sometimes as I'm messing in the middle, in between patients, with a toilet that the flusher broke, and literally it just won't go down. So you have to take off the lid and like pull up the valve so the water goes down. And then you contemplate. Well, is it better to have an operating bathroom where, yeah, you can go use the bathroom, but you have to take off the lid and put, or just put the bathroom out of order sign on? Well, you got to make some executive decisions, and then you have to be really resourceful. Call your wife and say, hey, bring these tools, stop at True Value, pick this thing up for me, they know you're coming, and then be a handyman. It's, it's a, I don't know, I've worked on so many things at the office that things break or... My staff is like, hey, I can't load this page. All right, got to get in here. I got to be the IT guy because I can't call an IT guy in all the time to here. You shouldn't have 35 bra- uh, tabs open or let's clear your cookies or your all those browsing data and restart the computer and do this. But I have to solve all these problems. How do I make an Excel sheet and have this add up? Here you go. You're constantly just finding all these little things that have no bearing on what you do or learn in school and you have to fix them. And if you don't know how to fix it, it doesn't get fixed. The staff doesn't care to that extent. And if you do make them care, something that honestly should take about 10, 15 minutes is going to take about two hours because they're going to take their time. They're going to look it up and they're going to do that. What you don't know, what you can't fix, you pay for. That's just plain and simple. That's life. And again, I only bring it up, like I said, because Misery Life's company, I love to hear your stories. Send me some notes of just things that you never thought you'd be doing in office that are part of private practice life. That's only us ultimate ODs can share this and really understand, but good, good topic, fun stuff that happens. Um, Let me know your stories. Now, bring it back to what I preach every day to my staff, to you guys. Customer service matters. We're in a time right now where customer service is on life support. Like they're fast food when you go to a store, they're understaffed, overworked, and you're just not getting great customer service. 
I had three patients come in this week, one from another office because the doctor just didn't explain things. At the end of the day, they, they did everything right, but they didn't explain them to the patient in a way they could understand. So they came, saw me, and I explained it and said their comment was, oh, that makes so much more sense. We didn't hear this before, right? But they left the other office, came to see me. Someone that went to another office, again, down the street, not the same one, but her son was getting an exam. She asked the front desk person, hey, can you look at my, my insurance and see if I'm eligible for an exam? And she got a whole bunch of attitude. The lady's like, I don't know why you didn't ask this before. When I just didn't want to look it up. And the lady literally said, you're done. You're lucky my son's already in the exam because I take him out. But I'm not going to work with you again. Call me up. We got her in that night. And there we go. We took care of her. A third patient. Literally a third patient. Left another office. This was all in one day. And said that the last two years they went there, she ordered contacts. And then a week later, she'd get a call from the office and they charged her more for the contacts. Why would you do that? Like, why is this happening? And she's like, I just like, I don't care if I have to pay it, but I'd like a little price transparency. I'd like to know that when I pay something, I'm not going to get billed for it again. And I basically told each one of those patients that came in more the the latter two, you know, if my front desk ever talked to you like that, they wouldn't be working for me. That'll never happen at our office. We're going to do everything we can to take care of you, but I'll promise you this. My staff won't do that, and if they do, let me know, and we will handle that immediately. The second thing is the lady pricing it. I always tell my staff, we have got to get this right. We have one chance to make a first impression. Do it right. And when that lady came in, I basically, we go over the schedule. These were in her notes. I said, do not mess this up. I don't care what happens. You charge her the right. And if you don't talk to me, we're not going to call her again and say, hey, we got to charge X, Y, or Z. We're going to get this right. But we should have that kind of attention to detail with every single patient, right? So why I'm saying this to you is to be great, to stand out right now does not take a lot of effort. It just takes you being competent in the very least in helping a patient out because no one else is doing that. If you do that, you are head and shoulders above everyone else out there. So do the little things. Make it your mantra. Make sure you're preaching it to the staff. They know that's what matters to you and they'll do it. Right? If you don't care about it, they won't care about it. If you care about it, they will or they'll be gone. All right? Plain and simple. Now that brings me up to a couple of patients that I had this week that... One patient came in and didn't even get the glasses dispensed, came to put them on. And you know, if you have a xyloframe, you kind of push on it, it will squeak a little bit. It's just, it's what a xyloframe does sometimes. And she's like, oh, this is a, she picked out the frame on you, cheaply made frame. I don't like this. And those lenses are just poor quality. I, I don't want, I don't want these. And said, yeah, I, I'm not going to pay for that. And walked out, right? I'm like, all right, this is interesting. And she put half down, talked to work through my office manager, and my office manager's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, call her and see if it's literally, like a lot of times a patient will do that. And either one, they don't want to spend the money, or two, they have buyer's remorse and they're looking for a way out. So we called up the patient and said, hey, do you, uh, you know, talk to us what's going on, Um, what's the issue? And she's like, yeah, I don't like this, the frame. It's just a long, drawn-out story, saying the same thing over again. 
I told the set, my manager, she didn't do it, but I'm like, so, oh, how long have you had the frame and whatnot? And then when she's like, well, I, I never took it home. Oh, then how do you know that the frames are, the lenses are bad? Like what, what stood out to you in that sense? And again, this is me always having a buffer because I say to my manager and she knows, yeah, that's not how she do it. And I say, yep, you're right. Just call her and see like, is it the frame style? Do you want a different frame? Cause we'll get you a different frame. And we'll cover the lenses if that's the issue. And she called him up and it wasn't that. She just, just went on and on. So basically she put half down. She paid four, owed $400. She paid 200. I looked at my lab invoice and usually I, I could fight or whatnot. And it was 120 bucks for the frame. The lenses obviously, or the, for the lenses, the frame obviously had a cost, but I'm like, Hey, call her up and say, we can either give you a $200 credit and you can use that next time you come in. Or how about we split the difference? We'll give you a hundred dollars back. We'll eat the hundred dollars. And even though we're, we told her, I mean, we're eating the $300, right? Because that's how much the, everything else costs. And she took the hundred dollars and went from there. And I just put a note in there like, Hey, just, we won't, we won't go into optical with her again. Like we'll do exams, whatnot. We won't go into optical. Now that brings up the question of if you're going to do that and you know, you don't want to work with that patient again, is it worth salvaging? Right. And in my mind, they're still going to talk. They still may come in. It's better to leave them with a good taste in their mouth because they're still going to talk about you. Right. Even if I never want to see her again, the people that she'll talk to that this situation will come up and at least she'll say, yeah, I was able to get X, Y, or Z, or they resolved it. They tried to work with me. will go a lot further than, yeah, they ripped me off. It was poor quality. At least we tried to leave a good taste in her mouth. Okay. Another patient who came in and she got a prescription from me, went to Costco, got a pair of glasses doing well, then came in, bought a pair of glasses from me. And again, you, if you have the answer to this, please call me and tell me because I can't figure it out. She's like, every time she put on the glasses she got from me, her left eye would just dilate and be all wonky. What does that mean? Like I look at your eyes, you're fine. It's the same prescription. What are you talking about? So we came in. I'm like, here, let me remake the lenses, remeasured everything. Thought maybe it could be a, you know, seg height or a PD. You know, everything was the same, but we remade the lens. Maybe it was a defect in the lens. Same thing happened. Now this patient paid six fifteen for the frame, lenses, everything. And we didn't do anything wrong. The prescription's fine. I know that because she has another pair of glasses. But what am I going to do with this patient? And at this point, I know what I do every day. We're doing fine. Do I want to deal with this headache? And I put it on my office manager. I go, hey, you can work with her more if you want, or just we can refund it and be done with it. And we just will go from there. Right. I don't want to sell her glasses because in my conversation with her, she's like, yeah, I had a couple of years ago, the same thing happened with another office. All right. All I'm getting is red flags. I don't care what I do. I just don't think I can get it right in such a way that it's going to make her happy. And if we keep going down that road, me trying to make new lenses or get her new frames, I'm just going to spend more money. I'm going to cut my losses, get out of Dodge and leave a good taste in her mouth. So essentially we refunded her the 615 said, here you go. Took the frame back. She's more than welcome to get exams at us. We won't go into optical with her again. I'm not going to sell her glasses. I'm not going to lose more money. But at the end of the day, if she talks to anyone, Hey, I had a little trouble with them, but they took care of me, right? 
At least she's not going to rip me. She's not going to say bad things. Like, I did everything I could to help her out. I tried. I didn't come through. I think that will give me more goodwill than if I would have just died on that mountain and said, I did everything right. You're good. Sometimes you have to lose a little to gain in the long run. And again, if you're doing this every single patient, you're you're going to fail. That You can't do that. But I pick and choose, and out of a whole month where we're going to do you know, 80, 90K, a total of you know seven hundred and fifteen dollars, right? A hundred dollars for that one patient, six hundred and fifteen for the other, is not going to break me. And I have better vibes, less headaches for me. My staff is happier. It's just off our plate. We will operate and serve our other patients better because we just got rid of it. So, perspective again. Either I'm a horrible warning or a great example, but these are how how I handle those situations. And that's what I have. We'll have more for you next week. Where, oh, where did the time go? We're to the closing thought of the episode. And this is a really good one for all of you Ultimate ODs out there because every single one of you wants to be better, wants to be good, wants to grow, right? So today we're going to talk about the gap, all right? And the gap is what you need to work on. And you may ask, what is the gap? Well, I will tell you. The gap is essentially who you think you are in your mind and what you actually are. Because I'll tell you right now, it's not the same person. It's not the same thing. Who you think you are and what you can do is probably a little bit better, a little bit more well-versed, a little bit more further along than who you actually are. You need to know who you think you are and take an honest look in the mirror. Talk to those around you. No one wants feedback. Everyone says they do, but they want to hear, what am I doing well? But if you talk to people and you get an honest assessment of how am I as a leader? How am I as a doctor? How am I as a you know, CEO of my office? And you get feedback from those around you. Talk to other people, other industries um, that you confide in. Talk to your staff. Get real feedback of what they think of how you're running things and how you think it's going. It's not going to line up. It's not going to be perfect. But if you can take that information and not go complete psycho or sensitive person, you know, like curl up in a ball and I don't like bad, bad news. And you look at where you're lacking. When you fill in that gap, that's how you're going to get to where you want to go. All right. So figure out who you think you are. Write it down. Think of what your strengths and weaknesses are and really evaluate yourself. Get honest feedback. End of the year is a great time to do it because you're going to give reviews or you should be giving reviews to all your staff. Have them analyze you. Make it anonymous. Let them feel comfortable. Get the information you need. Talk to your friends. Talk to your colleagues. See what you're doing. See the benchmarks they're hitting. No one wants to know if they're missing things, right? But you can't get better unless you know where you stand. So figure that out. And then over the next year, 2022, your job is to close the gap. Be a better doctor. Be a better person. Be a better leader, boss optometrist. That's what we do. Dr. Lily out.
We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.